my name is Helen Jackson, and it's lovely to be able to welcome you to our conservatory today in an effort to keep with the Lion King jungle vibe. Um, so today's theme is Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata, what a wonderful phrase. It means no worries for the rest of your days. That's a song we played to our children many times in the car, searing it into their little minds so that they would always have it to rely on in times of stress. But even in the film, you know from the start that Hakuna Matata is not really going to be a problem-free philosophy. Simba is in a beautiful place, he's eating great bugs, but he's separated from his home and everyone he loves by his guilt over Mufasa's death. And when his friend Nala comes to find him, she is massively unimpressed when he explains that he now lives in a problem-free world. Eventually, he returns with her to restore his family to their rightful place in the Pride Lands. Hakuna Matata is consigned to history. So let's see if our passage today offers anything more helpful. It's Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 31. Do not worry. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Well, at first glance, this is a bit awkward. Is Jesus saying Hakuna Matata is the right way after all? No worries. As it says in verse 25, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And if you can't do that, why worry about the rest? But Jesus is actually saying something rather different. Obviously, we have to do what we need to do to keep body and soul together. We have to make responsible choices. We have to follow the COVID advice. But the Greek word used for worry in the passage really means don't be over-anxious or unduly concerned. It doesn't work so well in a song, maybe, but there's a lot more wisdom in this than just shrugging and saying, no worries. We're called not to be consumed by worry. Flowers and birds just get on with life. They don't seem to stress about stuff. They just look for food in the normal way and God provides for them. And he promises to do the same for us. 
our son Niall got married three years ago <clears throat> and he and Charlie had a wonderful wedding. My particular responsibility was to secure 10 mourning suits. But when they arrived a couple of days before the wedding, all of the trousers were a size too small. So the smaller gentleman in the wedding party had lots of trousers to choose from and the larger gentleman had no trousers at all. So after a sleepless night, I got up at 5am, googled morning dress trousers and I managed to buy seven pairs of morning dress trousers in different lengths and sizes which arrived just in time for the wedding. Something did need to be done, but I allowed myself to get wildly overanxious about the whole thing. Trousergate, as we called it, seemed like the end of the world at the time. But looked at today, it feels like I was getting everything completely out of proportion. We're realising that many of our careful plans are just gone and life's going on. Weddings, the Olympics, Wimbledon school, exams, graduation, going to work, all of these have been swept away. There has been huge pain and loss in our community and there is uncertainty ahead. We can no longer pretend that the world is going according to our own plan and that every problem can be solved by Google. We need to look at the bigger picture. Jesus tells us in verse 31 that rather than stressing about how we're to meet our daily needs, we're to seek the Father's kingdom and all the things we need will be given to us as well. It's that same message that runs through every page of the Bible, that we're not going it alone. We are part of God's bigger story. We're to put aside worry and with it put aside the whole fiction that our future will be perfect if we can only get everything right and work everything out for ourselves. We need to put our trust in God to say, not my will, but yours be done. When you see people who are really managing to live this out, you can tell it's not just that they don't worry, it's because they're actively putting their future in God's hands trusting in his plan for them. A self-help book will give you techniques to avoid being consumed by worry. I saw one the other day which told you how to realise the power of you. In other words, you're on your own. But the Bible is not a self-help book. It's a book through which God gives us promises and shows how he reaches into our lives every day in ways which mean that it can be genuinely different. It's about letting God be in control rather than worrying because we don't feel in control ourselves. When I'm doing things that are within my experience, I'm always the one with the grey hairs saying, don't worry, I've seen all this before, it'll be fine. But when our children were going to school, that was a very different story. I somehow believed that if I made sure they always had the right PE kit, the right music, they'd done the right homework, then I could work it so that they had trouble-free days even when I wasn't there. Well, of course, 
All of those things are lost in the noise of the average school day. And as my children gradually reveal more of their memories of school, I wish I'd spent more time praying for them and less time ironing their PE shorts. God wants to relieve us of the burden of our worries and release us to experience life in all its fullness. As we live in these really uncertain times, God can see the way forward for us in a way that we just can't. When Jesus says in verses 29 to 31, do not worry about what you will eat or drink. Your father knows that you need these things but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. He's saying, don't worry, sure it'll be fine. It'll be better than fine. This promise of provision is intended to give encouragement and reassurance, but there's no denying it's a challenge to our faith, especially now. It's one that we have to work at. But the Bible is full of examples of people putting their whole trust in God in ways that seem extraordinary. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3 are willing to go into the burning fiery furnace for their faith rather than worship other gods at King Nebuchadnezzar's command. When challenged, they say they don't need to defend themselves, they don't need to worry because their God will save them. But then they say, even if he does not, they still will not worship any other god. They know that, like us, they can't see the full picture. They know it's not as simple as being able to summon up God to do whatever they want, like a magic bullet. But they put their trust in him nonetheless, because they know that what God can do is a million times better than what they can do themselves. And they duly emerge from the furnace unscathed. But what does our life look like in practice if we're putting aside worry and accepting the challenge to seek God's kingdom and put our trust in him? I want to finish by offering you three short points on how we might be able to live this out. First, look forward. Simba could sing Hakuna Matata and appear to be carefree but his life was dominated by worry over what he'd done in the past. It was because of his guilt over Mufasa's death that he was living apart from his family and Nala in a strange land and not living the life that had been ordained for him. It was only when he heard Mufasa say how proud he still was to have Simba as his son that he realised he could move on from his guilt. Well, we don't have to wait for the big reveal. We know already that God has forgiven us for all our past misdeeds and all those we're going to commit in the future. He's taken care of all the bad stuff that drags us down and makes us forget that we are loved by God as his own children. Let's accept that God loves us as we are and not let the past get in the way of putting our trust in him today. Second, look to God. God wants us to be with him in worship and prayer. He genuinely likes our company. Even when our prayers don't seem to be answered, God is never absent from us. 
It's only through spending time with God that we can start to look more to him and less to the world, to discern more of what he wants us to do, what he wants for our future. When we ask people on the Alpha course if there are times when they felt God at work in their lives, they will give you examples, even though they are not people of faith. They'll say, someone was watching over me that day. I can't explain it. Think how much more there is to see if you're actually looking for it. We still need to do the practical things that keep us alive and protect us. But by being open to what God might be saying to us, we open up the possibility that God has something much more exciting and fulfilling in mind for us than we might have thought. Simba was crippled by worry and self-doubt, even once he'd returned to the Pride Lands. But all along, he had the qualities to be king, even though he couldn't see that in himself. Third, look to your neighbour. In Luke 10, Jesus tells us to love God and love our neighbour as ourselves. If we all live cut off from one another, nothing much is going to change. Nothing changed while Simba stayed away from his family. God works through his Holy Spirit, but he also works through us and those around us. We are God's hands and feet in the world. If you're going through really difficult times, then share that with people so they can support you and pray for you. That's one of the ways God helps us already. He gives us the gift of his church where we can make ourselves vulnerable to one another, so we can share one another's burdens. And if we look to the communities in which we live at work, God can show us how he wants us to serve them, how we can share the goodness of God with them. So look forward, look to God, and look to your neighbour. St Teresa summed up why Jesus wants us to put aside our worries and focus on our will with these beautiful words. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Amen. So, in a moment, we're going to worship together. And at the end of our service today, there'll be some questions for you to consider in your households and communities. It may be that you're new to St Barnabas or you've been connecting with us online for a while. At the end of the service, we'll have a Zoom call running for you where you can meet some more people, find out more about St Barnabas and how you could get involved, or simply ask questions about anything you've heard today. If that doesn't appeal, but you have questions about faith, why not do the online Alpha course that's starting in the autumn from where you're sitting right now? Details of everything will be on the screen or in the chat. So before we move on to worship, let's just pause for a minute and reflect on what God is saying to you so far today. <laughs> 